I thought this morning my, my poor kitty had a hairball, but, you know, the result was a good thing. The result was a good thing, right? Oh, what can I say? Enough said. Marge is going to come up right now. Marge, why don't you come on up? Let's give her a hand. Marge has been with us for about, what, six years now? Nine? No. No, don't get rid of me, baby. Oh, yeah. Nine years. Wow. I've known each other longer. We've known each other longer than that, haven't we? Yes. Yeah, you remember when Mary was teaching over it? Yeah, it, it was a remarkable process where God brought Marge and I together. And I, I remember the first time I met her, she was all fun and excited. And the next time we interacted, was at my office and she was crying. Uh, so it was an interesting diversity there. And as we began to work through things and see what God had in mind and his desire, uh, and God clarified his vision for us and that that vision that took place from a series of things. We got a tower put up over here. We got a special tower put in. They gave us $100,000. And we said, okay, what do we want to do with those funds? And elders and I got together and we began to pray and search. Said, what does the Lord want us to do? And we, we concluded that he wanted us to start a ministry to preschoolers and their parents in, in this particular area. We didn't have a preschool director at that time. So we were like, how should we do this? How should it come about? And Marge and I had begun to meet together, and I'd been working with her over some different issues and things. And as we began to pray together and talk together, I said, Marge, would you be interested? And she did her usual, ah, yes. You know, that's exactly what I want to do. I feel so. And so that began nine, I can't believe it was nine years ago. And you are not a day older. And neither are you. Yeah, it's amazing. We just keep getting younger. We just keep getting younger. Yeah, there's, there's the... Miss slightly. Yeah, I'm not, I'll leave that alone. But it, it was amazing what God did. And so God began to put that together. And we have we had got a special record as the longest meeting ever that took place at the council meeting of Costa Mesa. So we went past 12. I think it was 1230 in the morning. Yeah. And before we got that meeting through, it was it was quite an interesting setup. And God put it all together. We started the preschool. And since then, we've had some marvelous, marvelous success. God has blessed us over and over and over again. We've had difficult times, but overall, it's been truly amazing. So as we talk about that vision this year, Marge and I, we've been praying and talking. This year was a special year because we're about ready to make a little change in how we are providing this ministry uh, to our community and beyond. So I asked Marge to clarify to us the vision uh, that she has, the plans, the dreams that she has for the preschool and the change that will start taking place this year uh, in September. Actually, August, so we want to be specific, huh? Uh, so I want you to enjoy as God speaks through her to talk to you about what he is doing in this special ministry of preschool. Let's pray. Father, this morning we come to you because our desire is to be yielded to you. We want to experience your power in our life, but we want to experience more than that, your purpose. Thank you for a little lighthouse and for the purpose that it has clearly established and accomplished. And now we ask you'll continue to do your work and your will. Guide Marge as she shares. Help us to understand. We ask that in your son's name. Amen. You're on, girl. They told me to uh, hold this, and I said, you, you don't understand. I talk with my king, and, and God was just unfolding some amazing things in my life. That was a, that was a neat question this morning because it's truly um, how God works all things together for good. A little bit of background. Um, I am from Wisconsin, uh, a dairy farmer's daughter. And actually, it would have been my daddy's birthday today, so this is pretty cool. And I am very much a Green Bay Packer fan, and they are on right now. And don't anybody tell me what's going on because I have it recorded. Oh, yes, I do have a cheese head. I do have, the, I have everything. I am a little bit crazy about that. But my number one thing is Jesus. And sometimes at the preschool we say, we love Jesus. How about you? And we shout it out to the other little group by, by us, right, Nani? And they yell back, we love Jesus. How about you? So can we do that? I'm going to say, I love Jesus. How about you? And you're going to shout it back. I love Jesus. How about you? I love Jesus. How about you? Yay. Good job. You're awake. I love it. 1030, that's a, that's a good thing. So um, nine years ago, Lee and the amazing elders and 
so many of them are still here today, called me. Um, we had a big old meeting, and we just decided, you know what? Let's go for it. And that was in um, March, and then you guys all voted in April of that year of 06. And then we unfolded Little Lighthouse Preschool Ministry. And that's the very first thing that I want to make very, very, very clear. We are part of Lighthouse Coastal Community Church. We are one of the ministries. Um, And it has just been such an amazing journey just to be here, to be part of this amazing church and in this community. And um, God has just really, really blessed Little Lighthouse Preschool. And I attribute that to, first of all, Pastor Lee and the elders with the favor that God has given us in this community. It's just it's just mind-blowing because I can't do it alone. Even just with the most amazing staff, we can't do it alone. It's God's favor on Little Lighthouse Preschool. And uh, the scripture that we base our preschool on is um, the one out of Matthew 19. I know you're all familiar with it. Uh, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And also uh, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. And so those are the foundation verses, and we are under the umbrella of Lighthouse Coastal Community Church, which, which um, the number one thing for our vision is that the children that come through our program have a solid foundation spiritually. They can go to any preschool and get academics, either developmental or a little more academic, we're very balanced, but um, they can go anywhere. They can go to the lab school. Um, they can go down the street. But we feel that we are so set apart because of that solid foundation in Christ. And so we carry that out with Bible stories. I have the staff act out crazy things some days. Um, and it's in our everyday activities. It's modeling it daily. Um, you'll see a teacher off to the side praying with somebody or if they get hurt or if they have a family thing that's going on. We're Jesus' hands and feet. And the number one thing we want the kiddos that go through here is to be loved and accepted by God. And that really goes along with what Pastor Lee is is sharing on the image. Um, Individual. And we know each child by name. I can't always promise you I know the parent's name. I know who belongs to who. But we know each child by name. And we strive to find out what motivates them. Um, We might put out dinosaurs that day because we know little Johnny loves dinosaurs. Um, And what is their their style of learning? So it's all about um, the individual child and then what motivates them. And then their abilities. We don't expect a 3-year-old and a 5-year-old to do something different. The expectations vary um, for that. And then grace gifts, which I know Pastor Lee will be talking about. He shared they're for a little bit older. But even at this level, we see kiddos who are going to be a leader, a lifter, or a lover. And we really encourage those grace gifts that God's given each single one. Um, and then experiences. We try to provide many, many opportunities for them to be successful in life. And you never know. You never know who you are going to influence. You could have another Pastor Lee. You could have another Pete Dawson, another um, Eric Wayman that we are right here in this preschool uh, raising up. and uh, Or another Aaron Rodgers. I'm just going to say. Uh, you never know. We are going to talk about the other team. But, but, at, <laughs> but it truly, truly is such a privilege to to encourage these kids, to love on these kids, um, because this is eternity stuff. This is not stuff that, you know, yes, they go out in the community, and we get back stories of how our lighthouse kids shine. They're still friends. Cherie Thiers is sitting back there. I had her little son. And those kids still have that knit, that bond, that connection because of God. Yes, I have the most amazing staff, and we try to to do our very best. But it's God. It's a God thing. It's the favor of God on this little place here. Um, And then we encourage them to bear fruit. They make thumbs-up choices each day. And as they leave our preschool and transition into kindergarten, where um, the Dawsons get these kiddos and where uh, I know Victoria's little Olivia. Oh, I have a cute story. She came by the other day, and she helped us. No, it's good. 
and walk the kids across the street. And she said, you know what, Mrs. Menashe, I'm going to be a teacher here someday. And I said, you know what, you will. If I'm in a wheelchair, I'm going to still be here, and you will push me across the street. She is, is just one of the examples. She is. And, um, and I have a cute Sunday school example, too. Last week, um, you know, we do the true uh, curriculum, and, and I do the worship with the kiddos, which is why a lot of you don't see me. But um, last Sunday in the curriculum, it said to say something to the kids. And I want to encourage you, even with your adult kids or your teenage kids, it was so impactful. And I saw little Logan's face. It was the sweetest thing. You say their name. And so I said, Logan, God loves you so, so, so much. And if that's all we get across to these kids is that God loves, God accepts them. That's the number one thing here at, at Little Lighthouse. I'm going to go on to the changes, I promise, Lee. Um, I, just, I just get so passionate about that because, you know, in this world... There's just so much yuck, but there's a lot of good going on. And we want the kiddos to know that so that we invite them into preschool, and then we want to inspire them and then to send them out into the world to be, um, to be a light. And so we invest so much into our kiddos. And uh, my teachers go the extra mile, trust me. Right, Nani? <laughs> I make them just uh, – we just really love on these kids, and with the 1 to 6 ratio, we can do that. So the big change coming up in the fall, in August, because that's when we start our tuition and all of that, after lots and lots and lots of prayer and research. Um, in the past, I've started three preschools. This is one of them. So I've done this program for 20 years where it's the morning and then the afternoon, and you know our license is only till 3.30, which is a blessing, and we don't do a uh, summer schedule. But we thought, you know, how can we accommodate and meet the needs of other families. Because um, ours is pretty, pretty narrow. It's, it's usually the stay-at-home moms or moms that have um, nannies and whatnot. But we wanted to expand that. And so as we started praying, as I started making phone calls to see about all of the different programs in the area, um, it just kept, the doors kept coming open and open and open. I thought, okay, I'm going to ask this question. Okay, well, we're going to go with that. And then I went with Pastor Lee, and he's just like, let's do this. Let's do this, Marge. And then the elders uh, in December, we un- unfolded it. So what we are doing is actually really an evangelistic outreach because I get so many phone calls where our hours aren't quite long enough or we don't have the um, enrichment time in the afternoon. So starting in the fall, it will be the same program in the morning, except we're going to extend it just a little bit because one of the things, three hours just isn't quite long enough to get here, drop your kiddo off, and then go. Um, so it's going to be 8.30 to 12, so the morning will be extended, the same curriculum. It'll just give the teachers a little bit of half-hour breathing room. Um, and then there'll be the extended enrichment program in the afternoon from 12 to 2.30. So it's the same program, a little two-day are just my three-year-olds, three-day would be my four-year-olds, and then five-day are my TK kiddos. But we're moving that to the morning. It's always been in the afternoon, and that's always been kind of a little bit of a hardship for some of the families to, uh, you know, not have that morning. So we are really, really excited. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to stretch us and grow us. But if this week is any indication, I've gotten already, I don't know, several people stopped by. I've gotten three, four, five, six calls just from people off the streets going, you know, we want to come in the fall. So what I would ask for you, our God is able. Our God is so willing he will do it through us, but I need your prayers. I constantly um, am asking for prayer because that's, that's the main thing. If God is not in this thing, we don't want it. So we're excited. We're excited to have this change, to be more of an evangelistic um, outreach in the community. And I think this will just open up some new doors that we don't even know. And in that enrichment time, you never know. Mary's already said she's going to do something. And another teacher in the afternoon is going to do some Spanish. David Stack, there you are. He's going to do some sports stuff with us. So we're going to be think It's not daycare. It is not going to be extended daycare. I refuse to call it that. It's going to be an enrichment time. So I'm, I'm really excited. Um, like I said, it's a new challenge. It's just a new chapter. In, in the book here at Lighthouse, and uh, we're just so thrilled to be part of Lighthouse Church. So, did I say everything, Pastor Lee? And go Packers!
Go Packers. That's all I'm going to say. They're playing right now. She just had to do that, didn't she? Spoiled the whole thing. Father, we thank you so much for your love and grace. Thank you for Marge and how you're working in and through her. We pray that you'll continue to guide her, especially this year, going through the changes. Help her to enjoy them, to be patient with them, and do your work as you always do. We ask that in your son's name. Thanks, girl. All right. I want you to take out your outlines, if you would, now. And we're going to continue with the message that we started last week as we talked about this issue of image. And you heard Marge sharing, and she talked about how as young as preschool, we begin to see and to recognize that each individual child has an individual image, that they have a particular personality They have a particular set of motivations. They have an insight that other people don't have. They have specialized abilities and gifts. And last of all, they're beginning to have special experiences that God uses in their life. Right now, it's primarily with their parents and their friends. It's going to continue to develop and become far, far more involved in relationship to circumstances and structure, difficulties and question as they begin to say, what is my purpose in life? What is my direction for life? What has God called me to do? Oftentimes I don't hear that. I hear people saying, well, I'm not sure what I want to do. And I would tell them, you know, the key area here is you need to ask, what has God made me to do? And once you discover that, you'll begin to understand his purpose in your life and you'll begin to understand how to find fulfillment and contentment or what the Hebrews would call shalom in life, which is a completeness. And that completeness happens when we fulfill God's desire for each one of us personally and his desire is that we accomplish what we were created to accomplish. God created you intentionally, individually, purposefully. He has a direct desire for you and for your life. And as you understand that, then life begins to make sense as we seek out that purpose and direction that God has for us. I shared uh, previously about how God drew me into his care and I became a Christian after someone had shared with me the four spiritual laws. Well, the law starts off very simple with the first law is that God loves you and has a purpose for your life. That's the first thing that we need to understand in relationship to who we are and who God is, how he wants to work in and through us. So last week we talked about this area of individuality and we talked about specific motivations that each of us have and how God uses that to bring us to a place where we can respond to him and experience life as he expected and desires for us to experience it. And we talked about Proverbs 2, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, everything you do, acknowledge him. And then he will direct your paths. So that's the direction of God and his desire for us. And we talked about how parents, talked about in Proverbs, are called to train up their child in the way he or she should go. And that that way is the specific image that God has placed in each child. And it's a difficult thing, by the way. People often ask me, did you discipline all your children the same way? And my answer is, of course not. Why would I do that? I'm not foolish. Each child is completely different. Each child is disciplined a different way. I'll give you an example. My oldest child, Joy, was a very strong-willed young lady. She came out of the womb punching the doctor, okay? How dare he touch her in that way? Was that kind of a... Kind of, I mean, Joy was incredibly strong-willed. I, I remember to this day, as I sat in front of her crib, and she was holding it like she was in the bars, and she was shaking it and looking at me like, get me out of here now. And I, was, I wasn't sure what to do. It was this first dad thing. And so I was reading Dr. Dobson's strong-willed child. <laughs> and I recognized I had one. 
uh, it was an interesting process bringing her along. And in terms of discipline, we were very clear in how we would discipline our children and guide them. And when issues came into play and we would talk with them beforehand, that was one of my rules was we'd discuss what we were doing and why we were doing this and what type of punishment would they prefer? You go, really? Oh, yeah. We'd say, would you, would you prefer to be grounded for a period of time? That's, that's no TV, no interaction with the friends be for like, a, a, you know, three or four days, whatever they said. Would you prefer to have a spanking where you're going to get a couple of swats, a couple of good ones? Okay, what would you prefer to do? And Joy would always say, hit me. <laughs> okay. Danielle, who you know now as my daughter. Danielle was our sensitive child. Danielle, if you got near her with the spanking, she began to cry. And we would ask her, how would you like to be disciplined? And she would always say, grounding, please. And you're like, okay, five minutes. Okay. (laughs) Different, different styles because there's an intention behind discipline. And all I was concerned with was getting the result, not how we got the result, so that she might become open to God's direction and welfare of life and submissive to those whom God had placed in authority around her. And so both of them learned that in different ways. Train up a child in the way they should go. So that's the way in terms of discipline for them. But it was far greater than that as you began to understand who they were and their special personalities and structures and abilities. And God began to use all the experiences in their life to help them become the person that he needed them to be so they could accomplish the purpose that he intended for them to accomplish. So last week we talked about how our image must be cleaned up by Jesus in order for us to be able to accomplish our purpose. And we talked about how that cleansing process is something where Jesus grabs a hold of us and cleanses us, first of all, for salvation. And then we are fully clean, but our feet have to be cleaned on a regular basis because we live in this place of dirt and of struggle and of sin. And so regularly we come to him, he cleanses us from this sin, we submit to his direction in life once again, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us and shows us the way we are to walk. And we begin again to discover our purpose and direction and tension in life. Okay, so today I want to move to the second part of this aspect here, and that is how are we to experience more and more of God's image in our life? How can we see it? There's an interesting passage in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that I think refers somewhat to this particular issue of understanding God's calling and purpose for life. It goes like this. So all of us who have that veil removed... And the veil he's talking about was the law that stopped us from seeing the truth of who God was. Once we have that veil removed from us, we can see and reflect the Lord, his glory. And the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Is that picture? His glorious image. Image Because our image reflects his image. We are his child. And God intends for us to reflect it in a particular way, in a particular manner. If we want to go football, we would say you got tight ends, you got wide receivers, you have linemen. And usually you don't change those positions because you have a purpose to accomplish and it won't help you if you change those positions for one of those people. They were made for that particular position to accomplish that particular purpose in place there. All right. So God gives us clarity as we continue to respond to him. And as we look upon him and ask him for direction, as we trust him and believe that he will show us who we are and how we need to live out life. On a consistent, regular basis, if we'll ask him and be involved in that. So the next three areas that I want to mention, and by the way, there are far many uh, areas. There's far more than just these five. I use the image to give us something that we can kind of put our hats on or you know, hang our hats on. And so the second three pictures are abilities, grace, gifts, and experiences. 
the ways in which God reveals his purpose to us within our image. So abilities, grace gifts, and experiences. Those are these three areas that we're going to work with today. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18, it says, But in fact... And this is Paul trying to be clear to the people that don't seem to understand this particular issue. He says, but in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And he's speaking about us. He's saying that God has made some wide receivers, some tight ends, some offensive, some defensive, some quarterbacks, some you get the idea. All these different parts he's placed in the body, he uses that picture because he says some of us are fingers, some of us are toes, some of us are mouths, some of us are tongues, some of us are ears, and some of us are eyes. Each person has been given abilities and calling and gifts to accomplish their particular purpose. If your purpose is to help the body see, then you're giving eye gifts. If your purpose is to help the body feel, then you've been given hand gifts. What is your purpose in relationship to the church? He's talking specifically there. Eh? So when we talk about abilities, we need to ask ourselves, what's our part? What are our parts? I was sharing recently with somebody about the issue of membership. Why do we become members of the church? Why do we declare this? Okay, I went to a 101 class and now I'm officially a member of the church. Really? Well, that's kind of cool. But that's really not what we're saying. You go to the 101 class so you can understand what it is God has called you to. So you can say, yep, I recognize I am a member of the church and I want to commit here. That's completely different. Membership isn't some kind of club structure. It's simply a recognition of what God has called you to and how he has called you to it. And the commitment levels that come into play. So we begin to understand that and we begin to submit to one another within our membership structure, understand that these people have committed to Christ and yielded his direction and desire in their lives. And so we also submit one to another in the recognition of how God is working in each one of us. Submit to one another in the fear of Christ is the way the Holy Spirit speaks to it. And he says that's a direct declaration of the Holy Spirit's work in us. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. So we recognize that process is taking place and that we're called together to help one another understand our calling and our purpose in life. God gives us special abilities that other people see that sometimes we don't. See, our abilities help us understand where we fit in the ministry that God has called us to and the purpose that he has for us, both inside and outside of the church. I've got a couple of people that stand up to me. I think of uh, Pete right here. Pete, is, where's, where's Glenn at? See, hi. Glenn, come here. Pete, come here. See, you say, you're going to grab him right off the cuff? Oh, yeah, kind of, sort of. I told him last week I was going to call him up, and I didn't because there just wasn't enough time. So that one will work. Now, I, I called these two guys because these are two men whose clearly defined purpose is seen in their lives. I know them both, and as I got to know them, it was obvious that they both understood their purpose and their calling that God had given to them. Now, in, in Pete's case, now you know Pete is a worship leader, and obviously that's a calling that God has given him. He has got special abilities in terms of music. That was one of the ways he recognized that. He also works in another area entirely that you don't know about, and that is that Pete works with special ed youngsters. Now, does he look like a special ed teacher to you? He kind of does. He's got that softness about him, doesn't he? You know, that kind of kindness and sensitivity and all that kind of good stuff. Obviously, I'm not called to that particular role. Okay? But Pete has this. Pete, how did you know that God had called you? Or how did you get involved in this special ed area? Good question. Yeah. Um, actually, I was inspired by my wife, who also teaches special Aha, education. So, yes. Yeah, it just kind of happened through. I went to her classroom to volunteer and to help out. And um, just through seeing the work that she was doing, I was really inspired. And I thought, you know, that's a meaningful way for me. I see it as a ministry 
in, you know, in spite of the job part of it, I see mm-hmm. it, it goes something beyond the job. Absolutely. And I thought that's a great way for me to pour into lives of other people, do something with impact and with meaning. And so that, that kind of is what got me thinking in that direction. That's sweet. Uh, Pete has a, has a master's degree in this area, and he's developed his skills and abilities as God began to show them to him. He could easily have said, I want to be a band member for the rest of my life. I'm going to join Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I'm showing my age on that one, aren't I? You know, I, I'm going to join a newer band. Uh, and, you, and you were with the Christian band for a while. Yeah? That's true. That's yeah, true. yeah, you were doing that whole thing. Justin Fox band, you know. You yeah, Justin, Justin Fox. Woo-hoo. Yeah, he did that for quite a while. And you had a great time with that. But you recognize, no, God had a, a clearer picture for you that did, involved more yeah. than just that particular skill area uh, of of you know, being involved in a band. Now, we moved you to, to worship leader more. You'd recognize before we brought you in here, it was a little bit of a stretch for you. And boy, it, doesn't he do a great job? You know, and, wow. I had to throw that in there because Pete and I, we got together and I, boy, I said, this is the guy. And he was like, really? And I said, you are the guy. He came and led us once. He said, I really feel like God's doing something here. I said, yeah, me too. And I thought, and I'm going to get you to do more. <laughs> So uh, the Lord kind of pulled it all together, and we were able to bring him in to serve in this particular ministry. Now, Glenn. Glenn kind of has, I, I call him the three M's, you know, and they say, why? And I said, that's music, movies, and missions. Okay, that's kind of his three M thing. And it's like, uh, as I've known Glenn, wow, since I've been here, I, you came here almost as Almost immediately after I was here, you came. We began to share. We obviously had a bond. We kind of worked together and complained together and cried together and prayed together. And, and then you got married and we got excited with you and Anne. We went, yay. So that, was, that was a great time in our life. And we continued on. But the thing that was clear to me was that you had uh, an understanding of God's purpose for your life at that point in time. How long did it take for you to get to the spot where you said, I think I got a clear understanding of what God wants to do in me and with the abilities I have. Okay, I wish it was that clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all my life, I, I've, I've loved telling stories. So I love the business I do, um, just as far as being creative and coming up with ideas. But I think the the whole mission thing has always been in the background, and I've always ignored that. And I, it's just whispers in the background. And that's kind of become more and more, and I just feel it, more and more just um, I'm drawn to the whole international mission thing. I just see the difference when you, gosh, when you can talk to somebody that's totally different from you, 180 from you, and through Christ you have this bond. And it literally is that way. And so that was, it's a, I don't even kind of know how, this whole thing works. Uh-huh. You get, but you get these inklings in the background, and after they happen, you go, "Yeah, that's right. That was that was that was how I was feeling." But it's not like I have it together because I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> because. But when we're accomplishing our purpose, it doesn't mean we have it together. It means that we know where we're going, and, and that's I don't have it all together. I've got a lot to go. And, but you, you constantly know. are asking where you're going. <laughs> so it's not like I know where I'm going. Yeah. Where am I going today? Ah, and so, so for Glenn, if you, if, if you've watched his life, I have over the last 12 years. And so I've watched him develop and grow and mature. And he comes here and he plays guitar. And sometimes he doesn't want to play. Hey? And he goes, I don't really want to do this, but God has called me to do this, so I do it. Sometimes he doesn't want to go on the mission thing. It's like, God has called me to do this, and he does it. And then when he does it, every single time, it's like this excitement, this joy, this, oh my goodness, look what God is doing. And he was key in getting me over to Nigeria. Uh, in fact, that was one of the things I said, Glenn, if you'll go, I'll go. And he said, well, I want you to go, Lee, so I'm going. So it was really more about me having an opportunity to be involved in a mission structure. And I began to understand what he meant by how God grabs you in these specialized situations and causes you to get a better understanding of your calling, your direction in your life. And missions become a prime area for Glenn. Ever since I've been here, it's been, I'm going on this mission trip. I'm involved in this mission structure. I want to minister in this particular way. And we even talked about early on that someone had told you, I think it was your mom was saying, you know, God's called you to be a missionary. And you were like, not happening, mom, never going to take place. And that's what happened. Yours isn't full time, but it is full time. 
So you only go overseas part-time, but you're involved with people, and now you have a special mission. Now that God has kind of stirred up within you, you want to share just a moment with that? Okay. (laughs) Um, I have a thing I call spearhead missions now, and what it is is I really want to focus on the Middle East because I think I've told you this before, but history is being made right now. All the stuff uh, Quentin and I were out talking earlier All the things ISIS is doing over there right now is absolutely turning Muslims away from their faith. And they're totally open and they're escaping, you know, into Jordan and Lebanon. And it's like God is bringing all these people to us. And if we don't react, if we screw up like we did in Afghanistan, Mm -hmm. where we don't go over, we're afraid to go over, we don't want to take that chance, we're going to lose out. We're going to lose out. So... I just get, I get so angry when uh, people talk about being afraid to go to an area because it's like, that's where we've got to be. Yeah. We've got to be making this kind of difference. If we don't, somebody else will, and the Muslims have been really good about doing that. So that's my rant. That's my go. complaint right now. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Hey, Glenn is involved in this ministry. You're going to hear more about what's going on in there, our involvement there. I know he's got a major shipment that's going to be taking place here. When does that happen? Next week. Next week. So he has a shipment going over. Uh, He's getting more and more creative in his responsiveness to how God is moving him and directing him in relationship to his purpose in relationship to missions. See some clarity here about purpose? I hope you catch that on both these guys. Give them a hand as they sit down. Thanks. Ah, it's good stuff. You see, God is involved in our lives and his intention is for us to understand his direction and purpose by giving us special abilities. So he gives us abilities that help us as we use them to clarify what his desire and purpose is for our life. And we have to respond to that. Now, I learned how to play the guitar and some things. I was involved in church planning. So we used to have what's called Von Harrison Sundays. And what that was was me and my daughter's. Okay, and my wife and my sons, even somewhat, and we would lead all the music and I would speak. And we'd, I mean, it was Von Harrison Sunday. That's, it was, everybody was a Harrison up front. And so, I, you know, I used those particular abilities with guitar. I don't have the abilities that Pete has. So fortunately, the Lord said, you can stop now. We got it going. I brought Pete's in. They took over. They began to do that area of ministry, and I walked away. And they're constantly saying, Pastor Lee, why don't you sing more? Why don't you play more? And I go, because that's not my calling. That's not my purpose. For a time, God pushed me into that. But that's Pete's calling. That's his purpose. I don't want to try to accomplish his. He's far better at it than I could ever be. God intentionally gave him those abilities. He grabbed a hold of them, refined them, worked on them until God could use him powerfully in the manner that he uses him even today. So God gives you the abilities to help you discover and accomplish your purpose. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say this. God has given you abilities to help you discover God's purpose for your life. Say that. God has given you abilities to help you discover... God's purpose for your life. Man. That's why they're there. You see, the use or lack of use of your image will determine the impact of your life. The use or lack of use of your image will determine the impact of your life. Guaranteed. I have no doubt whatsoever in relationship to that. God desires for you to understand your purpose. And he's given you gifts and abilities to help you understand that. But if you won't use them, you will never find out what it is. You will live this life out and it will end and you'll go, God never. And I say, yes, he did. You just chose to ignore his clear directive to you concerning your abilities for one way. First Peter 4.10 said he's given each one of us a special gift a special gift to serve others, faithful administrating God's grace in his various forms. I call these grace gifts. See, God not only gives us abilities, he gives us specialized gifts, what we call grace gifts. And grace is the power to accomplish what God has directed us to do with his spirit, not our own. 
He's given us the power to accomplish what God has directed us to do with his spirit, not our own. We could say by his grace. Grace is given and a gift is determined by God, a special way in which God wants to use his spirit to work through you in particular ability areas. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about wisdom and knowledge, faith and healing, miracles and prophecy. Discernment, speaking in languages, interpreting languages. Ephesians 4 focuses on leadership gifts with prophets and pastors and evangelists that they might equip the people of God or help train them up in the way that God has called them to go. And Romans chapter 12 illustrates the idea of our gifts within the picture of a body that each of us are given particular gifts so that we can accomplish a task just as a body is able to accomplish these tasks. God gives us grace gifts, each of us different gifts, according to his direction and his desire. So the person who has the gift of prophecy should use that gift in agreement with their faith. If you have the gift of serving, you should serve. If you have the gift of teaching, you should teach. This is the Romans 12 section here. So again, our calling is to listen to the spirit as he directs us according to the gifts that he has provided for us. Now, one thing that's helped me amazingly in terms of this gift picture, because I used to always get confused. I used to take all the gifts. You know, have you ever taken tests to say, what is your spiritual gift? How many of you have done that? Okay, I, used to ta- I took every test that ever existed. Now, the problem is, what we found out, myself and some of my friends, is this, as pastors, we had all the gifts. Okay? And what I mean by that, when I take the test, it showed that I had all the gifts. And I go, what? What's... Well, because the tests were based on what you were doing more than who you were. Well, I was doing everything because that's what I wanted to do. So I was involved in evangelism. I was involved in teaching. I was involved in discernment. I was involved in languages. I said, you know, all these things. And I was going, this is getting silly. So as I looked at the gift structure, I began to say, you know, there seemed to be a, a set of, of lists or structure that's laid out here. And the first one was that these primary guiding lists for us. So the first one was a listening or a loving list, listening or loving list. And that was that the gifts seemed to be in a relational area with people. And these particular groups of people had gifts that God had given them were relational. They encouraged and they comforted and they supported. They rarely fixed they rarely tried to fix anything. This group would come alongside them and they care for them in this particular way. And you can see how certain gifts of the Spirit fall into that area. So I said, are you a listener or a lover? If you are, then you fall into that particular category. and You can begin to define more clearly what gifts God has given you within these grace gift areas. Now, the second area that I recognize in these grace gift areas is what's called a leading gift. A leading gift. And these people like to be out in front. They like to give direction. They're motivating. They're pushing. Uh, my wife said their color is usually red. Okay? They want to get the job done. They're, they, it doesn't bother them at all to tell people what to do and how to do it. Okay? They're, they're a pain in the butt sometimes. Okay? But they're a good pain because they get us up off the chair and moving in the direction we need to get going in. And these are leadership gifts. And these people, we begin to identify them. Ah, these people have leadership gifts. Then we have the leaning area, the leaning area of gifts. These are those who help others. They're the ones who are always getting it done. These are, these are the uh, Byron Winnikeys of life, the Jim Browse of life, if you know them. They come alongside, come on, let's move this. Let's get this taken care of. Let's, let's get this loaded up. They'll always help you when you find yourself in a time of need. They're always, sure, I'll come over there and take care of it. Not a problem. Let's get this done. And you're like, I don't know how I can get this thing. And they'll go, no, 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 watch you. And away they go. These are people with leaning gifts, I call them. And then last of all, these are the lifting Gifts, which sounds a little different, but lifting gifts are those who are involved in the aspect of prayer. These people have discernment, seem to have wisdom and faith. They tend to be more quiet and they're like, hmm, people, hmm. And they are literally praying for you and they'll come back to you on a regular basis. How's it going? When you say, will you pray for me? They say, well, how would you like me to pray for you? You say, well, we have these issues. I say, okay. And they'll come back to you the next week and say, how is that going? How is that taking place? You know, is, is God moving here? What is he doing? So those are people with these lifting gifts. Now, 
there's usually a mixture of these two. One is primary and one is kind of secondary. It's what I find in people's lives over and over and over again. My primary gift is in the leading area. My secondary gift is in the lifting area. Okay? So I tend to be leading and lifting on a regular basis. So I teach, I direct, and I unify. Those are the things that God has called me and encouraged me to do and that he uses his grace to flow out of me and accomplish things. That's where God works, so that's what I want to do. I see God working and doing. When I do that, good things happen. When I don't, not so good things happen. I go, okay, this is what God has called me to do, to be involved in. What gifts did the Spirit give you? What one of those four? You need to look at that and think about that a little bit, especially as we finish up today. Now, all these are grace gifts, so Paul says, don't think too highly of yourself. In other words, don't start going, well, this is what I really wanted to be. I wanted to be a, you know, I go, that's not what it's about. It's what did God want you to be? You see, because if you discover your purpose, it's one that God has set you up for. Now, oftentimes, there'll be that motivation that helps move you towards it. But be careful. And that's why Paul starts off his exhortation in Corinthians with, don't any of you think too highly of yourself. And I found the key to that is to talk with other people, peers that are capable, and ask them what they think. And make sure they're affirming you in relationship to this. We have ordination procedures within the pastoral realm. And the specific intention for that is for other leaders to come alongside and discern whether or not you have those particular gifts. And if you do, then they want to affirm you in it. And if you don't, they want to say, you know, maybe God has called you to be a plumber. And you go, well, I'm really good at that, I know. But is that my life? It may very well be your primary purpose is to be you know, a musician or, or pl- whatever it may be. You want to accomplish God's purpose, that'll give you contentment. You won't be content as a pastor if that's not your calling. That much I can guarantee you. Okay? You won't. But if that's your calling, you won't be content doing anything else as well. Getting the picture? I hope you're getting, getting the idea of it. This image, is hopefully it's clearing up for you. you know? The glasses are coming out. begin to see a little more clearly, a little more clearly. The last area is the experiential area, the experience area. And Genesis 50:20 is probably the primary verse for this, which I appreciate so much in relationship to Joseph. So we've got that coat of many colors going on. As it closes up, he makes this statement about his life. And the statement is this. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. To accomplish what is now being done, the serving of many lives. He is saying, although as my brother, you didn't intend what you did to be good, God made it good. And because of those horrific experiences, awful experiences in my life, he changed me. So that I could become the person that I needed to be to be in the place that I am presently at. Because that was his purpose for me. That was his purpose. And God brings experiences into our life in order that we, if we choose to, can more clearly establish and understand our purpose. So usually negative experiences come as well as the positive. Where God brings in and we want to kind of refuse those and get angry about them and upset at other people. And I want to tell you what I've discovered in my life, as much as I don't like it, it's the negative experiences that have had the primary impact in my life. It's the cancerous experiences that have caused true change in my life and have caused me both to understand and to comprehend and to interact with God's purpose for me. You see, that is what experiences are about. Death of a loved one miscarriages, divorce, lost job, conflict with your spouse, rebellious child, goes on and on and on. But because of these experiences and structures, we're able to to listen more compassionately, to care more deeply, to pray more fervently for others that are going through their pain. And out of our pain, we're able to walk with others in their pain and find some healing. I was at someone's house just last night, and as they shared, you see, you've had experiences similar. We feel like you understand us. I do. But I only do because of the experiences that have gone in my life and the struggles in my life. 
that God has placed there, and I've watched him take me through them. And I'm going, he can take you through those as well. Uh, 7 o'clock this morning happens a lot Sunday mornings. 7 o'clock this morning, I get a phone call. It was Bob Maybaum. <laughs> many of you know Bob? Okay. Bob has gone through so many difficulties and struggles uh, since, since he left us, and he's in Colorado right now. And he, ca- he texted me, and in the text he said, You know, Pastor Lee, God has been speaking to me this morning, and he's talking about this, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And, and talking about how the experiences and struggles that I've gone through recently have been so that he can help me discover God's calling and his purpose and his direction for my life. He said, I just wanted to share that with you today. I don't know why. Okay? <laughs> So I got, and I said, Bob, make sure you listen to the message that's going to take place today after you're all done. Because it's very interesting that God is trying to help you understand that he wants to and desires to accomplish his purpose in your life. Uh, We have a a young lady here. Her name is Cindy, who's gone through cancer. And soon we're going to give her a chance to share with you the marvelous, remarkable way in which God used that horrific disease to change her life and help her discover her purpose and direction that God has for her in life now. If that had never happened, she would never have discovered the purpose that he had for her. Our time is over. We're well past it. Okay? I looked up and said, is it really? So, with that in mind, we need to close this off. I want to close it with this thought. God has called us. I'm going to ask the band to come up. God has called us to serve one another. So if the first sign of discovering your purpose is that you need to be cleansed by Jesus, the second sign that you need to have across your chest, the first one says cleansed by Jesus, the second one says this, will serve, will wash feet. You see, that's the cry of the Christian. Where we find ourselves in a position where we say, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever it is you want me to do. And more often than not, the first thing he says is you need to wash somebody's feet. And I don't know about you, but that's not something I really enjoy doing. Um, A few of you may have some pretty feet and that could work out fine. Okay, But most of us, that's not a calling. That's not what I want to do. I don't want to clean toilets. I don't, Lord. And God says, in the beginning, you start here. Are you willing to wash feet for me? And that's today's kind of closing thought. If you're willing, then God will do something remarkable in your life. Uh, Bethany Hamilton, we're not going to watch this clip. We could have talks about how prior to her experience in which a shark bit off her arm, that she was speaking with God. She's saying, Lord, I want to do whatever you want me to do with my life. What is it that you want of me? And he spoke clearly to her and said, you know, don't worry, I'll make it clear for you. And he did. And he did. And she became something that she could never, ever, never, ever have done without the incredible pain of that experience. When asked, if you could do it all over again and that was not there, what would you do? And she said, oh, I'd never change a thing. Father, today we ask that you would help us as we seek to discover our purpose in life, to yield to the image that you've made us to be, to discover contentment and wholeness and fullness. We ask that you would lead us in each step of the way. That you would help us to serve, to submit to you, to be cleansed by you, to be directed by you, in every way to be yielded to you. Lord, today, is that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If he's going to share a song, then we're going to take...